in the process of that Hajj, he would have certainly made Tawbah from every major sin also. So as a result, he comes back free of sin. So such a great ibadat he came for, and he came to Baytullah. But now come the days of Hajj. He's been there sometimes for weeks before Hajj. Many people are already there. So they are there from weeks before Hajj. And in all this time they are there making tawaf, getting the salah in the Baytullah. Each salah multiplied it hundred thousand times. And now he's come from all the way for this great ibadat of Hajj. And he's come to Baytullah. And now when everything is peaking and the time has come for Hajj, the 8th of Zul Hijjah has come. I told now Hajj is starting now. The real part of Hajj is starting. Now you leave Baytullah go. And now you go to Mina. So now he leaves Baytullah and goes away to Mina. And then he's told that the the real peak of Hajj is tomorrow, the 9th of Zul Hijjah. If you are not in Arafat, then your Hajj is not made. Now what is Arafat? It's a very bare piece of land. Okay, some trees are there, whatever. But it's just open field. And it is such a place that apart from the 9th of Zul Hijjah, where a person is in the state of Ihram and has come for Hajj, any other time of the year a person goes there, there's no ibadat. He doesn't get any reward for being there. And this great piece of land which is Baytullah, where every salah is multiplied a hundred thousand times, a person came for this great ibadat, his mind and his logic will tell him, the great ibadat of Hajj, at the peak of Hajj, Arafat, this I will spend right in front of the Tawah I will spend, maybe if I get a chance inside Hatim. And if somehow it works out for me, if the door of the Kaaba Sharif is open, I'll go and spend the day inside the Kaaba Sharif. So who will be more fortunate than me? So any Mufti asked in the world, say, if you didn't go to Arafat, your Hajj is not done. Your Hajj is null and void. Arafat is a big piece of land. Throughout the year he goes there, he will get no reward for any particular ibadat. What ibadat you can do anywhere else in the world, do they find it? He performs on Salah day, he gets the Salah. Because there's no special ibadat of Arafat any other time of the year. So, what is this all telling us? The person now is using his logic, he's using his mind, and he's saying, I will now spend this day, I will make Hajj, I will make it here. See, by your whole Hajj is not a point. You missed Arafat. You'll have to make Qazanis here. So, our mind, our logic will tell us many things, but we will have to do what Allah Ta'ala has given us. Now come the tenth of Zul Hijjah. So now he will come and pelt the Jamarat. Ultimately, what is this? What is he going to get out of it? He decides that now this tenth, this pelting of the Jamarat, I will do it now in time. I'll come on the eighth and do it beforehand, before everybody. See, so, you no, know, it doesn't work like this. Throughout the years, some other time he wants to come and do it. There is no ibadat. Ibadat is now only, this time. The time of Hajj, in that particular day, in that particular time, you will do it, now this will be ibadat. And some other time of the day you do it, is all ibadat. Some other time of the year you do it, that won't be anything. All this is teaching us that deen is what Allah Ta'ala has given us. Deen is what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has given us. 
whether our minds understand the logic behind it, whether we understand how it works or not, that's not our, our concern. Our concern is what is the command of Allah Ta'ala, what is the way that Nabi Islam has taught us. That is where our salvation is. So this is the very big lesson, among the many, many lessons that Hajj gives us, this very big lesson that we have to submit entirely to what Allah Ta'ala has given. In terms of our minds, what we think, our mindset, that too what Deen has given us, that should be our mindset. In terms of our actions, what Deen has given us, how it works out, what is the logic, what is the wisdom, as Ali he says, that had Deen been based on our logic, had Deen been based on our logic, Lakana أَعْلَى الْخُفِّي لَكَانَتْ أَسْفَرَ الْخُفِّي أَوْلَى بِالْمَسْكِمِ الْأَعْلَى Then the bottom end of the hoof, the leather sock, that would have been more worthy of being made masaf than the part that is on top. When a person is wearing leather socks, not ordinary socks, ordinary socks is not permissible to make masaf. Person wuzu will not be valid. And the salah he perform in that manner will not be valid. So, person who is wearing leather socks, then there is permission that the person at the time of Guru can pass his wet hands, make basa over the leather sock. But he make basa on the top end of it, not on the under end. It's not even sunnah or anything to make it on the under. He make basa on the top. But Ali al says that had it been based on our logic, then the part of the hoof and the leather sock that touches the ground is the under portion. So his mind will tell him, rather just pass the hand on the under, at least some dust will get cleaned out. What is the point in passing the hands over the upper part of the foot? But deen is not based on our logic. Deen is based on what Allah and His Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has given us. So therefore now a person will make masa on the upper end of the foot, not under it. So this is the one very big aspect that has come to us as a lesson from Hajj itself. Then, one is the hujjaj. What about those of us who are in the rest, rest of the world? So there are certain things that we have been given also to imitate the hujjaj. For example, that a person who is going to be making qurbani. So now the hujjaj also generally making qurbani. And a person who is going to be making qurbani anywhere in the world, their qurbani is something different. It's but this is a similarity. So from the first of Zul Hijjah, they are advised, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, that a person should refrain from clipping his nails, trimming any hair. Now this makes him outwardly resemble, in some, in, in some way, resemble the Hujjad. Mm. The Hujjad, they are not allowed in the state of ihram to trim the hair, in the state of ihram, they are allowed to trim the fingernails. Now this is an outward resemblance. And this is meant to make a person's heart and mind be attached to the hujjaj. Subhanallah, these people are in this Mubarak place at this time, they are involved in this great ibadat. I am also in some way resembling them. This outer resemblance also is a very big thing. Quran Sharif, in many places, the incident of Musa and his 
encounter with the magicians is mentioned. Several places of the Quran Shalom. Salam, when he gave the Dawah to Fir'aun, and eventually Fir'aun now made, he consulted with all his people that what do we do now? These two people, Musa and Harun alayhi wasalatu wasalam, they are now Ma'uz billah, misleading our people. What do we do? Eventually the decision was that they are now, he is showing the so-called magic. Musa alayhi wasalatu wasalam, Allah ta'ala blessed him with mu'ajizah, miracles. He would put his hand under his arm and bring it out to shine brightly. His staff and stick, he would throw it onto the ground. Well, that happens subsequently, but all these mu'ajizat Allah Ta'ala gave him, miracles. He said, this magician, call all the magicians to come and have a encounter with him, to come and now have this, uh, come and defeat them in some way with their magic. So this will be the end of the magic. So all the magicians, Musa Salatu Salam, Harun Salatu Salam on one side, and all the magicians come against him to try and now defeat them at their so-called magic. Eventually this encounter takes place and Fir'aun now is there with his whole people and nation, everybody is gathered to see this great thing. Allah Ta'ala mentions this whole detail in the Quran Sharif in several places. Musa says to them, first you throw what you want to throw. قَالُوا يَا مُوسَىٰ إِمَّا أَن تُلْقِيَ وَإِمَّا أَن نَكُونَ أَوَّلَ مَنْ أَلْقَىٰ قَالَ بَلْأَلْقُ You either throw what you want to throw first, show what you want to show first, or we will show it first, you see, no, you carry on. فَأَلْقَوْا حِبَالَهُمْ وَعِسِيَّهُمْ وَقَالُوا بِإِذَّةِ فِرْعَوْنِ إِنَّا لَنَحْنُ غَالِبُونَ At this point also, they are so deep in shirk, that they now throw that, those, strings that they had in their hands and so on and with some mesmerizing the people make it appear as if these are now snakes it was just all like hypnotism, whatever it made people believe or see as if it is snakes and in that too they are saying it is that the Fir'aun that Fir'aun is their lord and they did qasam in his name that today we will become dominant Allah Ta'ala gives Musa Al-Salaam the command, you throw your stick now. Alqa Musa Asahu Faizah Yatalqafu Ma Ya'tikun. Musa Al-Salaam throws down his stick, it turns into a huge serpent, and then it niggles and completely, it gobbles uh, up all these things that appear to be snakes. These magicians are totally dumbstruck, and they realize what happened here, that this cannot be magic. We know what's magic. Magic is just a play. It's just a matter of how somebody is deceived. This is something else. This is beyond any magic. And they realize this is only a miracle that Allah has destined So for Urqiyas Taharatu Sajideen, they all end up immediately in sajda and they bring Iman on Allah Ta'ala. In any case, this whole incident took place, all these magicians, huge number of them, they had come to oppose Musa And here the whole lot of them get hidayah. Musa is amazed at this too. Turns to Allah, Ya Allah, 
these people came against your Nabi. They came in opposition to your Nabi. And you gave all of them hidayah. So in the tafsir it is mentioned, in one rewired, that on that occasion when Musa wasalam, put this question to Allah. Allah Ta'ala replied and said, O oh, Musa, they had come in opposition to you. But out of whatever the intention was, whether it was just time to walk in some way or whatever, but they had come dressed in the way that you dress. On that occasion, they came imitating your dress. They came imitating your appearance. So I felt it beyond my grace and mercy that somebody who came imitating my Nabi, I deprived him of Hidayat. As a result, all of them were blessed with Hidayat. This is this imitation. Outwardly, it's a imitation, but if it's imitating what is reality, what is real and the correct thing, then that imitation also will become a means to get to the reality. Khada Aziz Khatam Majur Ali's famous tablet, he says on the day of Qiyamat, I will come in front and I will say that there is a Nabi ki Yarab Shabahat leke aya ho. Haqiqat usko tu karte hai, this surat leke aya hai. See, all I will come and present to Allah, I brought the appearance of your, of your Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All I could do was bring the appearance. But now, Ya Allah, you make it the haqiqat, you make it the reality. I brought the outer form. You make it the reality. So this is this imitation of what is correct. Outwardly, sometimes it seems like this is futile. It's not futile. Provided that, that too is there's some sincerity in it that I'm imitating at the moment, inshallah I will get there someday. This too is a big thing. And this imitation, if it is of what is right, then that too has a very positive impact. Unfortunately, the imitation of things that are negative, this also takes a person very far away. person imitates those who have no imam, they have no deen, they have a way of life which is far away from Iman in Islam. They have a way of life of total shamelessness, immodesty. And a person now imitates their ways, imitates their, their dressing, imitates their manner. Then Allah forbid where this imitation takes a person. And often where these things come from is what a person exposes himself to. A person watches something continuously, the kind of thing that he's watching on the box, wherever. Now in time that creeps into his heart and mind. Now he wants to love that. Person is addicted to novels. Day and night he's sitting and reading novels. Because novels are all of fiction. And all kinds of filth, whatever he's there. Now person says it's a pastime. He's passing time. As repeatedly he says, we don't have to try to pass time. Time is passing. But now this person is reading these novels to try and now entertain himself, reading this to try and now just make his time while away. But that is leaving messages in the heart and mind. That is leaving an impression on the heart and mind. And that in time, sometimes subconsciously, a person doesn't even realize it. In his thinking, he's imitating what he read. And the thinking now then translates itself into action. So now a person is behaving in certain ways, doing certain things, speaking in a certain way, reacting in many different ways, 
People sometimes are amazed that why is this carrying on? But this is a, the imitation of what he's reading. He's not even realizing it. What he's watching. Many people who get caught up into all these various things of filth, watching all this filth even connect in reality in real life relationships. They cannot connect in real life relationships. Because everything is made believe. So now the real life doesn't work because in make believe is how you want to just make it happen. Real life is something else. So now this person is so deep in this make-believe world, so deep in this fantasy world, that he cannot now make this real life work. He cannot relate to this. This doesn't, this doesn't figure his mind. And when this becomes an addiction, any addiction for that matter, any addiction in layman's terms, as they describe it, in layman's terms, says it rewires the mind. Rewires the mind of a person. Rewires the mind just to understand it for all understanding. Like a person now the car, somebody mixed all the wires up. So now he's turning his indicator to the right, the left indicator is rushing. He's putting the headlights on, so he's switching the headlights on, but what's coming on is the reverse lights. He's applying brakes, so instead of the brake lights coming on, the headlights are coming on. Now, what chaos that is going to cause? Now, he is turning right, the left indicator is flashing. It's going to cause a major accident. Because it's going to confuse everybody around. He is applying brakes, but no brake lights are showing in the back. The headlights are coming on. It's going to cause a major accident. Now, this is the whole rewiring that has taken place. All these addictions, addiction to this, all this filth, all this rewires in the layman's terms as they give it. See, in layman's terms, what this does is rewires the mind. I mean, it rewires the mind, how the mind is supposed to think. What it's supposed to give preference to. What it's supposed to be disgusted with. What it's supposed to be feeling happy about. What it's supposed to be feeling very, very pained about. Everything is now mixed up. What the person is supposed to be disgusted with, he is feeling very attracted to it. The indicator the wrong side is showing. What he is supposed to be disgusted with, he is supposed to be applying the brakes, but the headlights are coming on. He is being headlong. What he is supposed to be feeling grieved about, he is feeling happy about it. What he is supposed to be feeling very, very happy about, that he is totally averse to it. He doesn't have anything to do with it. Deen, the aspects of Deen. Oh, that halal Allah that had given him. His halal wife was had nothing to do with her. And his whole mind is now immersed in haram. Now this is the rewiring that has happened. That the whole and now this rewiring to undo it, it requires major job. It's not going to be something just anybody can handle it. It requires somebody who knows what's, how to go about it. Person cannot self-diagnose and self-medicate in these kind of things. So the point here again was, we digress from this point of this imitation. When a person imitates, if he's imitating what is right, then that will take him far ahead from what is right. If he's imitating something or people who are wrong, or those who have a lifestyle that is away from being, those who are far away from Allah, 
And that kind of imitation is going to take him far away and it's going to take him also away from thee. How many times it happens with a person, all he's imitating is, he's imitating some soccer stars, imitating some other, whatever players and so on. But in a short time he starts behaving like them. He starts wearing their kind of attire, and he wants to have that kind of hairstyle, and he wants to talk in that manner, he wants to walk in that manner, he wants to behave in that way, and before a person knows it, he's now become a total ardent follower. So this is that imitation that we are learning, that we have been taught to imitate what is right. Even that imitation has a great status in the sight of Allah. So this occasion of Hajj on the one side is a great ibadat that the Hujjaj are performing. It's the great amal that they are involved in. But at the same time it has these great lessons for us. It has these great messages for us. On the one side, everything deen, deen is what Allah has given us. Deen is not what we think it is. Sometimes there might be an apparent clash between two major amal. One we might regard as very great to be done at any cost. The other we might regard as secondary. But deen, the Vishnu taught us, is what is the priority deen gives you. Not what we give. It's the occasion of badr. And badr is that occasion where Nabi Islam says in one hadith, Allah Ta'ala announced to the people of Badr, after the people had participated in Badr, that, that you are now forgiven. Whatever happens from your own, you are forgiven. Those who participated in Badr, this is their rank. Among the Sahaba Kiram, the greatest rank is of the Badriyin. So Jibreel Salaam Salaam, Nabi Salaam said to him that who are the greatest Sahaba among the Sahaba, he said, I mean, among the angels, he said those angels who participated in Badr. Among the Malayga also, the greatest right is of those who participated in Badr. Of such a great occasion. And as Usman Ghani is equally enthusiastic to be part of it. And he wants to be there. Nabi Islam says to him that you stay at home. Your wife is not well, she is very ill. You stay and look after her because there's nobody else to look after her. Now, what is mother? And the person will he give a second thought to now looking after his wife who is ill? Then, on one side, and something which is like the whole akhirat is in it, and outwardly in this year is just was making some himmat of his wife. And these two things never be now equated in any way. But on that occasion, Nabi Islam left him behind. You stay behind. And he told him, you will get the reward of those who participated in Badr. And you will even get a share of those who participated in Badr from the spoils of war. Because your intention was complete and full. But now on the command of Nabi Islam, you are staying behind. But the lesson that was given there is that Deen is what is the dictates of Sharia at that time? What is the dictates of Sharia at that time? Not that a person uses these situations to just make excuses for himself and everything. That I find any situation come up, well, I have been given 
no visa from the, the Ministry of Home Affairs, so now I can't go anywhere and do any work of Deen. That is also a, a scapegoat, that is something to be, we must look within ourselves, reflect within ourselves, are we misusing what is in the Quran and Sunnah for our own uh, motives, or are we applying it the way it's meant to be applied? That is something we should be referring to the Almighty Quran, <coughs> to find out what applies to me, but the lesson in it, Listen in it that on that occasion, from the expedition of Badr, the beast asked him to Usman and Allah, you stay behind. And you look after your wife. Teaching us the lesson that deen is what is the dictates of Sharia. Not in what our homes and fancies may tell us. But our desire, what Allah has given us, what the beast has given us. These are the lessons that we should be reflecting on, bringing in our lives, practicing on, and this very important aspect of the correct mushabah, imitation, imitating the sunnah of Rasulullah imitating his way of life, imitating him in every aspect that we can. And sometimes it might just be seeming like, just one of those things, by the way, every sunnah, every sunnah is more valuable than this whole world. Every sunnah that a person gets the opportunity to bring into his life, this is more valuable than this whole dunya. The value of it will only be realized on the day of Qiyamah. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawheed that we bring in these great lessons in our lives. We live in the ittiba and in the following of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi and we stay far away from the imitation of the kuffar, the Yahud, the Nasara and all the enemies of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa
Allah forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah forgive the ummah of Allah. Allah show your blessings on the ummah of Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah of Allah. Allah remove the suffering of the ummah of Allah. Grant afiyat to the ummah of Allah. Allah blow the winds of hidayah of Allah. Allah guide the entire ummah of Allah. Ilahul alamin we acknowledge whatever is happening is due to our sins of Allah. Allah give us Allah the topic of those amal that bring down your rahmat of Allah. Allah save us from those amal that bring down your wrath of Allah. Ilahul alamin Allah give us Allah. استقامة صراط المستقيم يا الله Allah give us istiqamah on sirat al-shaqeem, ya Allah. Save us from all the deviations, ya Allah. Save us from all the isms, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Allah, you grant us the tawfiq of, ya Allah, following the Quran and Sunnah, ya Allah. Allah, keep us, ya Allah, away from all evils, ya Allah. Allah, keep us away from all the fitnah and fasad, ya Allah. Allah, you save us, ya Allah. Save us from all the traps of nafs and shaitan, ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the evil temptations, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us, ya Allah, your muhabbat, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, ya Allah. Allah follow our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Allah follow our hearts with the muhabbat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah grant us the muhabbat of Deen, Ya Allah. Allah grant us the love of the effort of Deen, Ya Allah. Allah grant us the love of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of Tilawat, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of Zikr and Dua, Ya Allah. Allah grant us the love of Ya Allah, all the good things, Ya Allah. Allah make sin detested to us, Ya Allah. Allah make us, Ya Allah, hate sin like we hate truth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Grant us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Allah grant barakat in one, the risk of one and all, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are without jobs, give them, Ya Allah, halal sustenance, Ya Allah. Allah, give them good jobs, Ya Allah. Allah grant barakat in each one risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those who are in debt, Ya Allah, make the easy payments of their debts possible, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah, remove it, Ya Allah. Allah grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in anxieties, worries, depression, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, hajila, mustadirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of the illness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, fill their covers with nur, Ya Allah. Make their complete maqfirat, Ya Allah. Ta'ala, the highest stage is in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, the time of our death, take us to the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman ikamim, Ya Allah. Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who are present, Ya Allah. Allah, you know the need of each one, Ya Allah. Allah, give each one the need of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, remove all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Fulfill all their pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. All those who ask us to make dua for them, Allah, grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Allah, grant them all their pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. All those who have made ihsan upon us, give them the best reward of their ihsan in dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. All those whose, Ya Allah, rights are upon us, Ilahul Alamin, enable us to fulfill their rights, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us, Ya Allah, sharing in our responsibilities, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, grant us the topic of fulfilling all your hukuk, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the topic of fulfilling the hukuk of all your servants also, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله